Super Bowl champions, Eagles fans everywhere, this is for you. Now entering the game from Philly Press Box Radio, Bill Furman and Jim Jeff Chesco. It's Tuesday, November 22nd, 2022. Happy Thanksgiving week and welcome to the Philly Press Box Radio Roundtable brought to you by the Irish Rover Station House in Langhorne, PA, Allstate Insurance in Westchester, PA, and the Edge of Philly Sports Network. I'm Bill Furman. I'll be your host tonight along with my partner, Jim Chet Chesko. Hey, Chet, the Eagles got in a dogfight in Indianapolis, came away with a one-point win to go to 9-1. and one. The Sixers... They played just twice since we were together on our last show, going one and one, but they've now been hit bad with the injury bug. The Flyers, ooh, they've now lost seven in a row, and they are really struggling. No word on the Phillies and free agency yet. And by the way, Jet, uh, the World Cup is underway. <laughs> yeah, Team USA battling Wales to a one-one draw on Monday. I'm sure you watched every minute of that one, Bill. Uh, the US. <laughs> Team USA will next face a very good England squad on Friday. The Flyers becoming really tough to watch again, as you indicated. Sixers decimated by injuries, Bill. I, it's just sad to you know see that, especially with somebody coming to town tonight who we would love to beat up, beat up on. Um, Bill, you were out there in Indianapolis on Sunday to witness that dramatic Eagles win over the Colts. We will talk about that game, of course, and your weekend experience over the Ooh. course of the show. Yeah, it was fun. I bet. It was fun. We'll get to that at some point. But, hey, we got a great guest tonight in the voice, uh, radio voice of the Sixers, Tom McGinnis, will be joining us to discuss the 8-8 eight and eight start to the season and that guy coming to town tonight. I love listening to Tom McGinnis. He does just a terrific job calling all Sixers games. Been doing so since the mid-1990s, Bill. This is his 28th season. He really does an awesome job. And he's a great guest also. Uh, we're going to hear from Tom in about 15 minutes or so. Right. We And just to be clear, we have Tom uh, recorded from yesterday because they obviously they have a game tonight and he's working, but he did take the time to uh, visit with us on his off day of a very busy schedule. We certainly appreciate that. Yep. Tom's a good guy. All right. Well, hey, let's talk Eagles. Um, you know, when we did our predictions last week, Chad, I said uh, that I thought that Eagles-Colts uh, it was going to be a close, tough game. Uh, I even teetered on picking the Colts in that game. Uh, the Eagles got all they needed from them, but uh, came out on top 17 to 16. Yeah, uh, not the way we planned it. But then again, you know, a lot of these games don't go the way you expect or hope. Bottom line, they got the win, went down to the wire. They were trailing pretty much the whole game. They led like the last minute and 40 seconds or whatever. That was about it. Uh, the defense is on this one as far as, you know, getting them the victory. Two turnovers and some costly penalties on the offense, and uh, they really struggled for much of the first three quarters. So, yeah, give the defense a lot of credit for this W, Bill. Uh, and that includes the two newcomers uh, that Howie added to the D-line last week. Yeah, uh, uh, great, great job by Sue and Joseph and Rich Gannon, or not Rich Gannon, Jonathan Gannon. Rich yeah, Gannon might have done a good job, too, but uh, he's not the coach. Uh, Jonathan Gannon did a nice job, especially after that first drive when the Colts drove down the field uh, with Jonathan Taylor rushing for 49 yards and seven carries in the first drive. And the defense adjusted. Uh, they did a great job 
And Sue and Joseph took a lot of snaps in that game. I think way more than anybody expected. And they clogged up the middle. Yeah, they really did. So the defense played well. Uh, Edwards, also a linebacker, had a real good game. TJ Edwards, he was all over the place. Kaiser White as well. So the D, as I said, rescued them in this one. And then, of course, uh, the quarterback, Jalen Hurts, came through when he had to in the latter part of that game. Yeah, well, it's a, it's a whole lot easier to play defense when you have guys up front who are are uh, requiring to be blocked by at least one, if not two, guys. Let's those linebackers run free, and uh, they did a nice job. Uh, as for Jalen Hurts, you know, uh, it wasn't a great game um, until the fourth quarter when he decided it was going to be his game. And uh, he took control down the stretch and made some plays and uh, with his legs. And, you know, Chad, I think something that's interesting, we've talked about this, you know, for the last few weeks that they – the offense hasn't looked all that good. But I think when they came out of the bye, if you look back at all the games, he came out of the bye, they changed up their offense a bit so that Jalen Hurts was not carrying the ball near as much. And they're trying to do some other things and, and lighten the load on Hurts. Um, and in turn, the offense has not been quite as good through that time. Now, when it gets crunch time, Jalen Hurts starts running the ball. It's a whole different offense, and it's a very difficult offense to beat. Yeah, I don't know how much of it was planned this way, but he uh, did not throw the ball a whole lot on that last drive. I don't know if he threw it at all on the last drive. It was a lot of uh, you know his running ability. And, of course, they did get the big break on the one pass that they did try to throw to Miles Sanders where he drew the pass interference call. Um, but, yeah, a lot of running. You don't necessarily want to see your quarterback running the ball 16 times or whatever he ended up with in terms of carries. You wonder why they don't use Miles Sanders more to run the ball. You wonder why also Kenneth Gainwell, who's not having a great year, was in there on some key plays. I think there was a third and two. They went with Gainwell that didn't work out. Um, yeah, yeah, and Boston, Boston Scott got some carries down the stretch there, too. He did. He really did indeed. And in fact, it was uh, Boston Scott who led Jalen into the end zone, I believe, on that last one when yeah. uh, Kelsey pulled to the right. Yeah. Well, you know, and, and you mentioned that uh, Miles Sanders pass interference. I, I don't know what it looked like on TV, but uh, from looking at it from above where we were sitting, you, he was open by 10 yards. Uh, the defender had no choice uh, but to, yeah. to tackle him, basically. Uh, unfortunately for the defender, unfortunately for the Eagles, the ball was so underthrown. Uh, I don't think it was a catchable ball anyway, <laughs> but the defender had to make a decision. He was beat uh, and, and had to make a decision, and he made it, and it went to the Eagles' advantage, certainly. Yeah, it really uh, it was a tough call on that uh, defender, but I think he did do what he think he had to do because yeah. uh, he was beaten pretty badly, and he didn't know the ball was going to hang up there quite as long as it did. Uh, as I said, but bottom line, they got the W. They're nine and one. No other team in the league is nine and one. And uh, the Vikings, who were right behind them, got you know smothered. They got locked by the <laughs> Cowboys. So, yeah, not necessarily wanting to see the Cowboys look that good, but hey, it, it takes Minnesota a little further away from the Eagles at the top of the pack. Yeah, and uh, you know I think this Giants Cowboys game on Thursday. We'll talk about that a little bit later yeah. when Boop stops by. Uh, interesting game. Uh, you know, I think when you look at the, the Cowboys, they've been up and down a little bit. You're not, you know, the old saying, you're not as good as you think you are when you win. You're not as bad as you think you are when you lose. Dallas isn't that good uh, to to do that every week like they did to the Vikings. But uh, they sure did it. 
Yeah, wasn't it just a week earlier that Dallas blew a two-touchdown lead to the Packers, who are not having a great year? So things change from week to week in this league, Bill. You know that. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, um, the other thing I thought was interesting in the Eagles game is uh, uh, A.J. Brown was the go-to guy early, and then for about two quarters he went away. Uh, they, they didn't throw in the ball. They didn't even really look his way. Um, Devontae Smith became the guy. And they certainly offensively missed Dallas Goddard or some form of tight end in the middle of the field that they could get open and that they had confidence in throwing the ball to. Well, yeah, the three tight ends that they tried to replace Goddard with, none of them had a memorable game other than for the fact that they were, I think, each called for one penalty, right. a couple of them almost back-to-back. So, yeah, those guys don't have all that, the experience that they need. Uh, Stowe, is that his name, the number one guy? Yep. Um, he was out there for the majority of the snaps. The uh, snaps, the other guys, you know, not as much. They they like Calcaterra, the the rookie from this year, but he's just not ready for prime time yet, I guess. And uh, Jackson, uh, the guy who they just uh, activated, he had been hurt all season. Yeah, they're high on him. He had the great training camp last year and got hurt, so they got to keep him healthy and try to develop him. Yeah, well, and you know, I. They did. I don't think they did a bad job in blocking from what I could see watching live, which certainly is a help against a, a good defense like the Colts. And the Colts do have a good defense. Um, but Goddard can do them both. And you can be more flexible with him, move some formations around and do some other things. Um, but they're going to have to survive. These guys are going to have to get better and they're going to have to have some more confidence in them and uh, going to have to make plays because they the, the middle of the field, Chad, again, you, you probably couldn't see it on TV, but seeing it, the middle of the field was open all day and yeah. the Eagles didn't have any receivers in the middle of the field, which is usually Dallas Goddard country. Yeah, so hopefully he will be back within you know a few weeks' time because they, they sure do miss him. Hey, Bill, before we get too far along in the show, I, I want to talk to you about your weekend. You were uh, in Indiana, the great state. A little chilly on Saturday at Notre Dame Stadium, was it not? Yeah, it was. It was in the teens, um, and then it started to snow. It was flurrying all day, uh, and then at halftime, it really started to snow hard. It was snowing sideways. Uh, unfortunately for the game, um, Boston College forgot they had a game, and it was 37 nothing at halftime. It was 10 nothing in the first with less than five minutes into the game. It was 37 nothing, so it uh, became a little hard to sit to justify sitting there. Uh, the benches, they were all bench seats, were clear, but the concrete where you put your feet was ice. Oh man! So why you're? We had plenty of clothes on. That that was okay. Our feet just were getting so darn cold. There was nowhere to put them. You tried to tuck them up underneath your your bench seat. Then it, then there was a little water under there that wasn't frozen yet. But anywhere else you put it, your feet were sitting in ice, and that was not good. And then uh, by the time um, you know halftime came, it was snowing sideways, and it got. It got really ugly. Uh, Was that your first time at Notre Dame? It was not my first time. Uh, I had been there one other time. was also against uh, Boston College some years ago, and uh, Boston College actually beat them that time. Both teams were undefeated, and Boston College won that game. But they forgot there was a game this time. Yeah. Uh, You appreciated the Dome on Sunday, I presume. 
the dome on Sunday was nice. We actually we actually were able to get out of uh, South Bend before the snow uh, really landed there, and uh, I don't know how much it ended up snowing, but we were able to get. It was about a two and a half uh, hour drive back to Indianapolis. Uh, we got to hang out with we, my as you see my two sons there, uh, Mike, my buddy Ed, and his son Eddie were there, and uh, of course Billy was there with the Colts. So we got to hang out on Saturday night, hit a couple of the local establishments in Indianapolis, and then went over to the stadium on Sunday morning. Uh, Billy had us lined up with sideline passes that we were able to uh, hang out down there with the, the families and, and so forth. Yeah, right there, uh, which was kind of neat too. Um, so it was great, and uh, we had we had great seats. Uh, they were up a little bit, but it was in row one of the deck, and uh, – the only thing we had a problem every so often is the uprights got in the way. Ah. Don't, you hate, don't you hate that? Now, how many Eagles fans were in the stadium, do you think, as far as Oh, you know, they, they were kind of spread out. Yeah. Uh, there were a lot of them uh, up up top. Um, and then the rest were just kind of spread out. I would go, if I had to throw a wild guess together, I'll say 10,000. Okay. Yeah, I, I, it was nice. It was a nice showing. Uh, but like I say, instead of being grouped up, uh, they were they were spread out. Yeah, you you couldn't see like the mass of green that you do sometimes at the uh, visiting stadiums, but definitely saw a lot of little uh, green uh, jerseys in there. There you see Joe Sullivan. Joe was at the game also. I didn't get to see him, but I, we were messaging uh, the night before. It had cold to a whole other level. He he only <laughs> made it to the middle of the second quarter, and uh, yeah, and, and I'll tell you, Chet, we we took a lot of uh, clothes with us. Billy came and he had all this NFL gear, uh, winter gear, pants. We all had snow pants and snow jackets and all that. He he provided us a lot of that stuff. Those masks. We don't wear them masks in Florida. I didn't to, think you would to sporting events anyway. <laughs> uh, so all that came from him, and it, it was a it was a huge help. So, well, I'm glad you had a fun weekend. Yes, it was a blast. Uh, one of those memorable ones for sure. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, let's see where we're going. Oh, Hey, let's talk about all state insurance. It's time to start saving with all states pay as you go auto insurance. Yes, sir. Bill all states pay as you go. Auto insurance puts you in control. You only pay for the miles you drive with the same full coverage that a traditional policy offers. Pay per mile insurance gives customers greater control of their insurance costs. See how much you can save with pay per mile car insurance by calling your local agent. In Westchester, PA, that is Dave LaVoy. Call Dave at 610-430-0700. Again, 610-430-0700. And start to save more now that you are driving less. There you go. Hey, Chet, uh, holiday weekend, uh, Irish Rover Station House, Thanksgiving. I'm sure they got good stuff going on. What's happening at the Rover? Oh, man, Thanksgiving, always a busy time. Uh, you know, the night before Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving weekend, when people come back to their hometown from out of the area. And it's also, of course, the start of the holiday shopping season, Bill. And there is plenty going on related to that at the Irish Rover in Langhorn. I'll tell you, they have Quizzo also every Wednesday night through the end of the year. The restaurant, by the way, is closed for Thanksgiving itself, but will reopen on Friday. And that is for the annual Irish Rover Black Friday shopping event when you can buy a $50 Irish Rover gift card and get a $10 gift card thrown in for nothing. Then next Wednesday, the 30th, 
it is another holiday shopping event when starting at 7 p.m., the Rover opens its banquet hall to a bunch of great area vendors to help you kick off the shopping season and help get you, you know, into high gear with your shopping. So good stuff right there. And I'm going to tell you next week, Bill, a little more about, as you know, my favorite event of the year at the Irish Rover. And that, of course, is the ugly sweater party. It is slated for Thursday, December 15th. I made sure that Chris didn't schedule it on a Wednesday because I wanted to be able to get there earlier than I would otherwise. So Thursday the 15th, it is the Irish Rover's annual ugly sweater party. It's going to be ugly, but in a good way. And I'm going to be there. The Irish Rover Station House, Bill, <laughs> is on Bellevue Avenue in Langhorne. The website is irishroverstationhouse.com. Let's go with this guy. We haven't heard from him in a while. Hey, everybody. It's Willie Nile here, and you're listening to Chet and Bill on Silly Press Box Radio. You lucky people. You know, Chet, one thing that you might want to consider since you have a closet full of ugly sweaters yes, is maybe you should just, you know, depending on how long you're going to be there, maybe change like every 30 minutes or every hour <laughs> or, you know, like if you're there for three hours, you can wear six of them. I have enough that I could do that. For I, sure. I know. I know. Yeah. I have to put a lot of thought into actually which one I'm going to wear. Because last year, I know I, ruled the, I, I wore the Rolling Stones one with the big tongue on the middle. So I, I can't wear that one again this year to the same event. Got to mix it up. So yeah, a lot of planning will go into this, Bill. Trust me. Well, I, I, I'm sure there are plenty to choose from. You could probably mm. go in with your eyes closed and just pick one, and it would be <laughs> ugly. Probably so. <laughs> All right. Hey, speaking of ugly, the Sixers, they've been hit with the injury bug to go along with James Harden's injury. They've added Tyrese Maxey, Tobias Harris to the list, now Joel Embiid. Of course, he had his big game. He had to get hurt. Um, yeah, you, you know, he's going to miss some time. Harris should be back tonight. I guess that's the plan, at least. We what do you make of all these injuries? It's tough. It's, you know, I, I almost feel sorry for Doc Rivers and Glenn <laughs> Rivers. Shame on me for saying that, but... I mean, the guys lost, what, 80% of his starting lineup. Uh, three of them out for sure tonight in Harden, Maxi, and Embiid. Harris, we're hoping, is back in the lineup. They're supposed to tip off uh, within about 15 minutes, I believe. But uh, it's tough to win games when you have all those injuries, especially a highly anticipated game like this one tonight because of you-know-who being back in the arena. Yeah. Well, uh, I'll tell you what. Let's go ahead and talk to... The voice of the Sixers, Tom McGinnis. You had a chance to sit down with him. We'll get back to that other guy. Uh, you had a chance to sit with Tom yesterday. Talk about the team. Uh, again, thanks to Tom for taking the time of his off on his off day uh, of his busy schedule. Tell us how it went and uh, tell us what Tom had to say. I'm just going to go right to the videotape. Here we go, Bill. Great to talk with this guy again on Philly Press Box Radio. Tom McGinnis set to join us. But I should mention we talked at midday Monday, shortly before the news came down, that the big guy Joel Embiid is joining several of his teammates on the injury list, the center to miss at least the next couple of games with a foot sprain. But we carry on. It's the radio voice of the 76ers, Tom McGinnis. Hey, Tom, welcome. How are you? Thank you, Chad. Appreciate you having me. Well, Tom, the Sixers haven't exactly set the world on fire this season. Yeah, they've had injuries, certainly a factor, but they're just 8-8. Eight and eight. They've struggled in more than a few of those wins even. Uh, what have we learned about this Sixers team so far, one-fifth into the season? 
Well, again, you added a bunch of pieces. Harden, you know, joining the team for the first time uh, fully in camp after playing just 21 games. So to be fair, I think, you know, everybody realized or should have realized that it's going to take some time. Um, but to be 500 at this stage, I don't know that anybody expected that. And now there is a couple of, uh, as you say, injuries with Harden and Maxi being out. But there's been a lot of bright moments as well. And, you know, Doc Rivers, his mantra the whole time has been, and remember now, he's won 50-plus games in both seasons, including one year, the first time, it was 72-game season. So the idea is to win games while figuring it out. And that's something that uh, the Sixers have done to an extent, but probably not to the measure that he would have liked at this stage. Well, Tobias Harris dealing with some hip pain. We hope to have him back this week. James Harden going to be out for another couple of weeks, I guess. We found out Sunday, of course, that Tyrese Maxey will be sidelined three to four weeks due to a little fracture in his left foot. How are the Sixers going to get through these uh, get through these next few weeks with their two starting guards, who you know normally will give you forty plus points a night, unavailable? Well, that's a great point. And so far, it's been DeAnthony Melton and Shake Milton. They both played well against Minnesota. And, uh, you know, Melton really, he made five threes. He had, like, a number of steals, assists. And Shake has, you know, really developed and, and played well in the two games that he's really been used because early in the season, he wasn't playing. So, you know, like, again, like, you're looking for a blessing in disguise and you're developing these players or at least knowing you can count on them. Now, Melton was a part of the mix anyway, but at the beginning of the season, Shake was not playing. You had the new guys in Tucker and Harrell and Melton and House playing and not so much Furkan, Matisse, Paul Reed, and Shake. And so that's the thing. With the season being so long, you're going to need at some point, you're going to need every player. And right now with those two guys out, you're going to have to you know, find ways to get the ball across to initiate your offense. Doc Rivers was saying that both Montrez Harrell at times and Embiid from the top can initiate it, but that's not necessarily bringing the ball up. So, you know, and and it's going to be a work in progress in figuring out how to get it done. And you'll never match, I don't think, the production of a Harden and a Maxi. But, you know, again, the whole deal of, quote unquote, finding a way will be part of what goes on in the next few days and weeks. Well, with Harden out the last couple of weeks, Joel Embiid has really picked up his game. He stepped it up, had some amazing games. Is Embiid at the top of his game right now, Tom? Well, certainly that three-game stretch, it measures up there with the greats in the history of our franchise with Chamberlain and, and Iverson. And, uh, and again, Doc Rivers, he's been around. He played 13 years. He's coached for over 20. He called it the most dominant performance he's ever seen, speaking of the Sunday night win over Utah over a week ago where he had 59 points and five blocks. So again, the defensive rating when the Sixers have him beat out there over the last couple of years or so has been top of the charts. And then to be able to score like he has and make the free throws, and we found that uh, in the Milwaukee game where their star really struggled at a Kupo from the line and Embiid made nearly all of his free throws and had a game earlier this year where he was 16 of 16 from the line of career best. So he's really playing well and uh, it's his shooting touch. And again, like, you know, you think of a seven foot player and you have to put him on the block. Well, he gets doubled nearly all the time, period. But when you put him down there, then it becomes easier. Now he's got his back to the other side of the court and he's been a little turnover prone. There were times he made strides and was much better, but over the last few games he has turned the ball over. So 
the point of that, what we call the nail, which is the center of the foul line, or the elbows, where he's facing up and he could show you that shooting touch. He made those three huge baskets against Milwaukee to help keep them at bay. And then he can see the double. So it's hard to double team him when he's on that position in the middle of the floor, looking at the basket and the defense. So when Harden and Maxi are back healthy, are the Sixers, do you think, automatically going to be one of the true NBA Eastern Conference contenders? Well, and that has to be, you have to prove that on the court. Like on sure. paper, it sounds great. But even with those guys, as you said, the Sixers kind of struggled a little bit out of the gate. When, and Harden, to me, has been phenomenal. Like, really. Like, he not only sacrificed, like, financially to be in the position where the Sixers were to hire, I mean, you know, get Melton and House and whatnot, Montrez Harrell, but the, the sacrifice that he was, to me, doing on the court where he would draw the double, throw it away from the two defenders, and then it would be almost like that hockey assist, that right there was, and still averaging nine or ten assists per game. And But what I'm saying is, too, and then Maxi with the brilliance that he has, when those two guys get back with Joel, they still need to figure out how to best utilize Maxi while playing to the strengths of Harden and Embiid. And I think that was what you were hoping for in the middle, I mean, in the start of the season, and that has been sidelined for a little bit now with the injuries to both James and Tyrese Maxey. All right, Tom, we need to talk about the big Tuesday night game at the center when a certain former Sixer makes his highly anticipated return. He will play this time, he assures us. Talking, of course, about Ben Simmons. What kind of atmosphere do you expect at the center, and how do you think the Sixers crowd will greet him? Well, I, I thought last year there was so much buildup to that March game in which he did not play, didn't even shoot around. He passed the ball before the game, and, you know, he didn't play at all for Brooklyn nor the Sixers in that season. So now he comes in, he's going to play. And I don't know that the buildup, uh, I mean, it was ramping up, it felt like, last year for days. But I'm sure, like, the people that are going to the game are going to be, you know, still filled with some animosity and, and vitriol and whatnot. Uh, but Ben played last night, they played Memphis, and he played really well. And then Thursday night, they played Portland, and he played, and, you know, Durant had 35. Simmons comes off the bench with 20, makes three or four free throws, and impacted the game. He was plus 15. And listening to Durant after the game, you know, he was saying, we needed to see that, like, you know, as players, as teammates, talking about Simmons' performance. And I think for sure Simmons probably needed to do that as well uh, because he has been, you know, like in and out of the lineup even this year. So I would just hope that people, like, I, I get, you know, that the animus, if you will, toward uh, Ben Simmons for sitting out last year and demanding a trade and, and all that stuff, but that it's somewhat civil, right? I mean, it, you know, like it can, you can be derisive, whatever, but just that, that nothing that would get away from the game clean, I guess is what you would say from, at least from my perspective. Hey, he has coming up two best games of the season, 22 points in the most recent game, I believe. He's back in the starting lineup now, it appears. Do you think he's ever going to be an all-star caliber player again? He could. I mean, you know, the talent is there. The physical gifts are still there. Uh, I don't know that it would be this year, but it's one of those deals sometimes, you know how that goes, Chet, where a guy uh, has a great season, gets on the radar a little bit, and then the following year he makes, that happens in every sport. Uh, so it could be something like that. Like the numbers that he, you're talking about in the two games and that, that I refer to the Grizzlies and the Blazers game for Brooklyn, 
he played really well. So, uh, and then you look at his shooting in that Portland game, he was six for six. And I got the, the box right here from the game with, with Memphis. It was 11 of 13. Yeah. So he's an incredibly gifted athlete and a tremendous basketball player. And if he could get through everything health-wise in terms of both his back and his knee and mentally feel fit to go forward, I would think for sure he could, but we'll have to wait and see. You know, again, it's about productivity and consistency and being there, but the skill set for sure is there. Hey, Tom, you mentioned some of the guys the Sixers brought in in the offseason, including P.J. Tucker. Uh, he has not played up to expectations, especially the last few games. Is he just, you know, getting old? Is he, uh, he's not washed up, I hope. What are you seeing from Tucker watching him every night? Well, the last three games, you're talking about he hasn't scored. Yeah. And so, uh, but again, like in that Milwaukee game, and Coach mentioned this in the locker room, and everybody broke out an applause. So it's one of those deals where, you know, like it's not necessarily what you see in the box. I don't think anybody expected him to score 15. It probably right. didn't expect him to get zero either. But he's been like, I wish everybody could have seen him in training camp. And, and people are like, well, where the games are would count. But just the leadership and the voice and the communication and, and the fact that he's been there and won a championship with the Bucks is something that's so important for your team. But, you know, the other thing is to preserve this guy for where he's available in April and May and, Lord willing, June. Um, so he's not, again, the, the Sixers score enough points. They don't need P.J. Tucker to score 20 points. Make a corner three when the opportunity's there? Absolutely. But I don't know that he's disappointed. I don't think if you talk to the coaches or, or Coach Rivers or Dan Burke, who runs the defense, that they wouldn't they wouldn't agree with that at all. Okay. Well, you know, Tom, it always catches me off guard when I hear you doing interviews or talking in public how calm and relaxed you sound compared to when you're calling a game and you turn it up nine or ten notches. You obviously love your job. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, it's uh, I never take it for granted, Chet. You know what I mean? This was a dream of mine since I was probably a teenager, like going to, to the games in Chicago, and this was pre-Michael Jordan, you know, and, and being out there, I used to used to sneak down to the court and rebound and whatnot. The lights in, in the NBA, and I mean, in the Chicago Stadium, where I first started going to the games, um, it just, it got, and I love basketball. I mean, I've been playing since, you know, I was eight years old and whatnot. And then it just, it, like I said, I never take it for granted. It's almost like I won the lottery when I got this job. And that's what I bring when you say, like, I, I ramp it up or whatever during the during the games. That's that's my deal. Like, when the game starts, that's the time to perform. And I never lose sight of that. And, uh, and again, it's all born out of the appreciation for the athletes and the competition to do some of these things that what they do in the guts of a game, like I really, I never lose sight of, wow, that, that's amazing. So yeah, I love going to the arena. I love being around the game and speaking to people like yourself. So it has, uh, it has yet to get old. And here you are in season 28. All right, Tom, thanks for visiting us here again on Philly Press Box Radio. Great to get your insight on all things Sixers. I appreciate it. Thank you, Chad. Be well. Well, Chad, hey, good stuff uh, from Tom for sure. A uh, couple of interesting points I'll throw back at you. Uh, and, you know, we knew we knew it and we were wondering about it, but uh, I guess it was by design that Glenn Rivers was playing the newbies in the beginning of the year. We kept saying, why, why are these guys not playing the guys that we knew? Uh, 
by design, apparently. Yeah, they're still trying to get, I guess, uh, you know, acclimated to it. And, uh, you know, now they have to be in there with all the injuries. So they have to be in there getting more playing time. Uh, I know P.J. Tucker, though, is not a scorer. But even defensively and rebounding, he's not doing what I expected him to. I didn't expect him to score more than, you know, 10 points a game. But he just hasn't been the presence that we saw last year. And, yeah, they're not getting a whole lot from House or these other guys as yet, Montrez Harrell. So, they got to step it up. If the Sixers are going to be the team that we thought that they were, they're going to need more of a contribution from everybody. And right now they certainly have more of a chance with these uh, injuries. So uh, it, this is a key time for the Sixers. Oh, it absolutely is. And, uh, you know, I was just kidding with you last week, um, kind of, sort of. But I told you that this guy was going to need a couple of days off after having <laughs> such a big game. And here we are. I mean, it was know, a freak injury. Uh, apparently, he got his feet tangled up with uh, George Niang or whatever in the Saturday yeah, night. Yeah, the guy know? gets injured a lot. I know it. He wants to be out there. Believe me, Bill, he does. I just, I'm sticking to my guns. He's as great a player as he is and can be. He ain't the guy. He ain't the answer. It's not going to happen. You don't think he'd want to be out there tonight to block a few uh, of those Two feet shots that Ben Simmons is trying to take. Come on, I, I don't get against this guy. Nothing, Bill, nothing. Oh, I don't believe it. Play every night. Play every night he's like it's hurt. important. He to wants you. to be out there. Believe me. Maybe oh. he's injury prone, but he wants to be out there. I, One I, final I, thought for you on the Sixers, please. Um, what is your excitement for watching number twenty-five? Are you? Uh, going to be glued to your TV tonight to see that he stinks it up or he, are you going to be surprised better. if he plays well? He's going to play well probably because the Sixers are so decimated with the injuries. He's probably going to go for, you know, 20 points and uh, you know, 12 rebounds or whatever because he doesn't have Embiid or Harden or Maxi or a 100% Harris in the Sixers lineup. So uh, yeah, he's probably going to have a good game and probably go out and crow about it a little bit because the Nets will probably win. So I hope I'm wrong, but yeah, uh, yeah. <sighs> it's frustrating. You're gonna you're not gonna be you're gonna be really unhappy if he throws up a triple double tonight. Yeah, I, I don't because it's it's not <laughs> against the real Sixers team. So uh, uh, that's the frustration. Well, you were worried about whether he was going to play when he gave it down, and heck, our own guys aren't playing. I know it's sad. Hey, before we uh, go too far along here, I wanted to mention something. Uh, our guys at the edge of Philly sports are involved in the Delco group toy drive. It's happening in early December. I didn't get the opportunity to download the video that Joey made, but I did grab a screenshot of it. Joey does a nice little minute and 20 second long uh, rant about this whole event, a great event. It is December 9th, which I believe is a Friday from 3 to 7 p.m., the Delco Group Toy Drive. So go on the Edge of Philly site or Joey Sheeran himself, and uh, he'll tell you all about it. You can donate toys. Edge of Philly is involved in it. It's uh, December 9th, 3 to 7 p.m., and, of course, it's for a great cause because we love helping kids out who, you know, need those toys. So do it. Check it out. Absolutely. And speaking of the edge of Philly, let's talk about what's going on over at the network this week. Chet, as always, wall-to-wall coverage. You can catch all the action on www.eopsports.com as well as Edge of Philly Sports on YouTube. You can also find Philly Press Box Radio on our YouTube channel as well. Help us out by hitting those subscribe, follow, and like buttons. And as always, share with your family and friends. As you can see, every night is loaded up. 
there's us at 7 o'clock Wednesday. Uh, Big Al and Joey will be on tonight following us at 8.30, along with everybody else uh, talking pregame, postgame, throughout the week. It's all going on. Yeah, that's quite a lineup we have there. Yes, it is. Hey, Chet, uh, hmm, the Flyers. We got Not a good lineup. Not a good lineup. Not a good lineup. They started out (laughs) strong. Reality has set in. They're in big trouble. They lost seven in a row. Five of them in regulation point, uh, regulation time. So they've really only gained two out of a possible 14 points. Um, John Tortorella is uh, getting a little bit testy, not towards his players. He's backing them as far as, well, other than he said they sucked the other night. He did do that on TV. But uh, he is uh, supporting the effort of his players. Um, But this team's in big trouble. It is getting ugly, Bill. They're getting blown out in some of these games. And I'm going to put up a graphic right now. This is their last seven games. Keep in mind, they were 7-3-2 and two before all of this. Since then, as you said, five regulation losses, two overtime or shootout losses. And they've been outscored 33-15 to 15 in those seven games. Now, granted, there were a few empty net goals along the way. That's because they're always down, it seems, by a goal or two late in the third period. But still, as I said last week, you're not going to win a whole lot of games when you're giving up four or five goals per. You watch them more closely than I do, Bill. Is there any sort of light at the end of the tunnel, or or is that light an an oncoming train? Yeah, it's an oncoming train. Uh, Because I'll tell you what, and and you mentioned it, your graph is a little misleading. Last night was a 3-2 game with a minute and 50 or whatever, and they gave up two shorties. First two uh, and same in Boston. Um, But again, the other thing is misleading is Carter Hart has actually kept them in games Uh, as hard as it is to believe with all giving up four or five goals a game. They could certainly be a whole lot more. They just don't have scoring uh, consistently. Um, They have Travis Konechny out as well. They just and and he's been their leading scorer. Oh, he's out now, too. Yeah, he's out. Oh, so, <laughs> they, you know, they they just have some problems. So, uh, whether it's going to get better or not, I would have to say not. Bill, let me know in February if I should start watching them again or just wait till <laughs> next year. Yeah, well, you... It's not even January this year. It's going to be February. The early prediction is wait till next year, but <laughs> we'll see. Hopefully, they can recover and at least be competitive out there. You know, like I say, they're playing hard, but when you're playing hard and losing four to one, you know, five to two, that's certainly not good enough. That's for sure. Uh, no, let's bring Boop on. But maybe. All Boop right, let's do it. Let's welcome our man for Boop Stats, Bob Vitrone Jr. Brought to us by Splits Bar and Grill to make his week's picks, provide some Week Twelve better tidbits, and maybe even some World Cup information. Boop. Sure. We can make that up along the way. Yeah, because I would have no idea. Somebody <laughs> asked me if I was uh, doing the No Shave November thing. I think we have to ask Boop the same thing. We've got a little growth there on you, too. Uh, I, I'll shave when the Phillies win again. Oh, wait, that was October. Never mind. <laughs> I, it just, you know, well, someday. I want to look like Grizzly Adams. That's my goal. <laughs> 
Well, well, Boop, I'll tell you, before we get started, I, I was wondering if you were going to be live over at Splits and uh, locked into the World Cup or, yeah, or no, what actually, you got going on. Actually, tonight is a night. I usually meet a bunch of dads uh, down at Kaminsky's for our annual, hey, how's everybody doing routine. But I'm battling a little bit of a head cold and, you know, nothing serious. If this was 2018, I'd be there with them all. But in this day and age, any kind of sniffle or cough or whatever causes a, a you know, a mass... Uh, hemorrhage amongst some old people so i just kind of figured i'd just stay home and relax and uh, talk to two of my favorite people on the uh, internet wow you go. but there you couldn't you find them so you, so you joined next. us instead <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly <laughs> hey boop you mentioned kaminsky's i gotta tell you i dated a woman from marlton uh from 89 to 91 we used to go to kaminsky's quite frequently back then best roast beef sandwich on the planet and it, it's still there and still thriving huh Yes, it is. I don't get down there as much as I'd like to. Um, I keep you know, my car keeps going the other way up Kings Highway instead of down Brace Road. But I love Kaminsky's, and uh, I go in and I usually get a roast beef sandwich. And the waitress will say, "Do you want French fries?" I'll say, "No, I'm going to wait and have dessert later, which will be another roast beef sandwich." <laughs> you just inspired me to make a return visit to Kaminsky's. I'm going to do the whole uh, the whole tour, Kaminsky's and Splits. I'll do it in the same trip. Let me know. Maybe I'll, I'll join you. Let's do it. Let's do Don't it. Don't tell Steve, though. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's get on with it. Uh, Chet, how did we do last week? What are our standings? I think somebody might have made up a game. Well, but yeah, you were uh, wisely uh, wise enough to pick Detroit to upset those Giants up at the Meadowlands. I actually lost some money on that game, but that's a whole other story. Uh, so you did pick up a game in the standings. You were three and one, while Boop and I were both two and two. I am still at the top of the standings at twenty nine and sixteen. Bill, now you're just uh, two games back at twenty seven and eighteen. Boop remains six games back at 23 and 22. Boop, you're not going to pick up any ground if you make the same picks as me. I can't help it if you're every bit as smart as I am in November and December. <laughs> yeah, it's sad but true. Hey, Chet, Bob, uh, Boop, we have another Kaminsky guy from way back in the day. Joe Bonder's a Kaminsky yeah. guy. They're yeah. everywhere. I, I got to check it out now. There you go. All right. Hey, we had to add a game uh, this week since the Giants and the Cowboys are playing each other. We added Tampa Bay at Cleveland. Uh, the Bucks are minus three. This is a Sunday game. Boop, who you like? Tom Brady hasn't lost this before the World Series started. So they might be back, Tampa Bay. He might have lost some money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I don't know if Tampa Bay is going to be a real contender again this year, but I think they can beat Cleveland even on the road. I'm taking the Bucks. Tampa Bay is going to be a contender. They're going to win that division, and they're going to end up in the playoffs playing somebody, and they're they're going to beat Cleveland in cleveland okay all right that brings us to another sunday game atlanta visits washington the commies are minus four and a half in that one washington is five and one since my birthday it's not exactly the gift i asked for but you know they're kind of flying under the radar a little bit and they're hanging with the uh the higher elite in that division washington wins this one yeah, uh they're certainly playing better. I, I'm starting to be a believer in them now that they got that uh quarterback out of there, Mr. Wentz. Uh I'm taking Washington for sure in this one at home. Yeah, me too. I, I hate that we're all going to probably come up with the same picks here, but uh I, I'm going with Taylor Heineke. He's playing good ball and uh yeah. you know uh it didn't work out because the 49ers won last night. Had had the 49ers lost all three wild card spots would have belonged to the NFC East. 
Uh, so Washington is banging on the door right there to to make a playoff run. Yep. All right, let's back up to Thanksgiving Day. The Giants visit Dallas. The Cowboys minus nine. Giants coming off a big loss. Cowboys coming off a huge win. Oh, uh, Boop, go ahead. Just a little too easy. I'm going New York. Whoa. I did not expect that. Boop is taking the Giants. All right. I, I can't go against Dallas in this one. It is Thanksgiving Day. Uh I know the Giants are going to play better than they did this past week. I know the Cowboys aren't as good as they looked in crushing the Vikings, but I, I got to take Dallas at home in this one. Yeah, I, and I actually debated in my head about taking the Giants, uh, but I didn't want to take a chance of really losing the game if I if I had to. So I'm going to go Dallas, and I would be thrilled for the Giants to win this game. Yeah, I'd be okay with that. All right, that gets us to Sunday. The Eagles back home hosting Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. Eagles are minus seven. Any other year in the last whatever, it's been 15, you would not be happy to see Aaron Rodgers coming to your place. Mm-hmm. Not so much this year. Boop, who you got? Still there, Boop guys? Is, oh, there he is. I thought you were just staring yeah, at okay, me. Okay, sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm sorry. I just I think my connection is not as great as it usually is, nor is my computers. Um, after this game, guys, the fans are gonna want to see the black helmets every week. Phillies are gonna roll Philly is gonna roll. Yes, the black uniforms and the black helmets. Uh I like it. I don't know if they're gonna roll. In fact, I think it's gonna be right around that six and a half, seven point line. I'm taking, if you want to score, Eagles 34 to 27. Going to be a fun Sunday night game. Well, I'm going to tell you, I hate the black on black on black. (laughs) Every time they wear them in a big game, they lose. They're not going to lose this time, uh, but I just don't like it. I'm going 27-20 Eagles. Eagles by a touchdown. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, that whole black hype thing it just never seems to work out i don't like it hey before we uh move along uh speaking of the eagles um this sunday is also eagles hall of fame robert moser likes the eagles by a touchdown hall of fame inductions for the eagles trent cole and hugh douglas a couple of pretty good defensive ends from the late 90s and early 2000s going into the eagles hall you like those two guys are you talking to boop because I, I could do without one of them. <laughs> they were both pretty good ends to have uh, on a really good, some really good defensive teams, and they weren't the best defensive players on the team. But you need the guys that are going to plug those holes. Um, I, I, defensive ends one of my favorite defensive positions. So yeah, those guys, I love those guys. Bill, elaborate. Uh, I'm I'm just not uh, a U Douglas Hall of Fame guy. I mean, he, or whatever we're calling him, Ring of yeah. Honor guy. Uh, yeah, that, good player, good player, good for a while. Uh, I just uh, He's just not a, a, a superstar to me. Trent Cole, though, I think pretty underrated. Look at his numbers. He was yeah, I'm, I'm, year, so. I'm certainly good with Trent Cole. All right. Now, congrats hey, speaking, to both guys. Speaking of numbers, let me throw this out uh, at you. The NFL Hall of Fame put out their semifinal list today of 28. Eric Allen has made that list. Ricky Waters has made that list. They're the only two with Eagles ties. Um, what do you see the chances of either one of them making the Pro Football Hall of Fame? Only six get picked, and that oh. list is strong. I missed that. I'm sorry. I didn't hear you guys. 
Eric Allen and Ricky oh, Waters yeah. have made the list of 28. Uh, what do you think their chances are of making they the really, I think they both have really good shots. Eric Allen with a couple of uh, key pick sixes uh, that are highlighted throughout around the country that uh, hitting the um, turnbuckle underneath the uh, touchdowns in everybody's uh, eyes sight. And Ricky Waters, I mean, you know, he just he was so electric uh, on both coasts. So yeah, I, he, both of them have really good shots. Man, maybe not even this year, but you know they. They all eventually – the people that should get in the Hall of Fame usually do get in. Yeah, with one major exception, Boop. Seth Joyner, not on the list of semifinalists. Come on, man. I love Seth Joyner. He deserves to be considered. Sure, well, absolutely. You, you know, there's uh, there's only six that get in. And I can tell you uh, there are four Miami Hurricanes on that list. Hmm. Andre Johnson, Reggie Wayne, Vince Wilfork, and Devin Hester. All four Hall of Fame worthy guys. It's uh, it's going to be a crowd trying to get into that six. Yeah, going to be interesting. Boop, All right, what do you got, man? What do you have in the way of uh, other tidbits, Boop? World Cup well, or otherwise? We did tell you the Cowboys have lost three straight Thanksgiving game days. How about this one? Since 2011, Dallas as a Thanksgiving Day favorite, one in nine against the spread. Ooh, yeah, so. Um, that's there's something you can think in there for there. Uh, we talked about uh, the, uh, the Eagles winning last week on the road. They've now won seven straight on the road, uh, which is something they've only done four times in their history. They won seven straight in 49-50 and nine straight twice in the early 2000s. Uh, they don't go back on the road for a couple of weeks, but they do go 11-18-24, um, three straight weeks on the road. So um, they can get that number up to a club record 10 by the end of the season. And uh, we mentioned the Flyers earlier. Um, you know, this Friday is their annual um, Black Friday home game. Guess who's going to have a list of every Black Friday home game the, the Phillies ever on their website, on Twitter, feed, at Boop Stats. Um, just so you know, uh, since 2000, seven, six, and four in those matinee games on Friday, uh, Black Friday. Before that, in the, in the last century, Flyers were 10 and 1 when they played on the day that um, most of the women in my house d- d- decided to spend most of my money. Well, these aren't your 1990s Flyers, so, yeah. <laughs> By a long shot. That, that's right. Hey, uh, Boop, any uh, World Cup tidbits? Because I, for one, have been, uh, I've been at work. I haven't seen a second of it. Tell me what's up. We- we know England started off by scoring six goals um, in the opener. So right away I went to find out what the record for in the World Cup is. And, and Hungary back in 1934, I think, put up a 10 spot uh, in the World Cup. So uh, lots of scoring there. I told you last week to not to beware of the draw. If you're going to bet the games, draws do happen a lot. There's been three so far of the eight matches. So, um, draws happen. They happen a lot. So if you keep the odds where you need them to be, you can make some money that way. And um, U.S. had one right there for the taking the other day. Would have been a huge win. Now they're looking at the uh, the whole convex of uh, how England is going to need to play in their third game and tiebreakers and could even get down to the, – the, one of the tiebreakers is has to do with um, yellow cards, believe it or not, about three or four down the list. So – if we have to start worrying about how many yellow cards one team has or another, it's it's going to confuse the heck out of this country. <laughs> USA right. England on Friday. That's going to get a lot of people watching. I'm sure. Yeah, it's it's a good time, and it's uh you know they 
they, they, they a point would be great, a draw would be great, a win would be oh I don't know kind of like the yes. um, uh, Saudi Arabia this afternoon. Um, but the key there is to not get blown out. The first tiebreaker is differential goal differential. Uh, um, Wales has to play England in the third game. So if this is going to sound so anti-Philadelphian, if they can just not lose big Friday and then have Wales get their butts handed to them on Monday, they can move through. Um, but a win would have gone yesterday would have really gone a long way to getting that done already. All right. Go All USA. Right. Hey, Boop, before we let you go, let everyone know where they can follow you and everything you have going on. I do most of my stuff on Twitter, at BoopStats, uh, TV listings and charts and graphs and some stuff that's even funny and might even see a picture of me and Chet once in a while. Um, I have a website, BoopStats.com, where I put a lot of that stuff up as PDF. So if you want to print it, you can go and print out the, the TV listings, which right now are really long with all the overlapping uh Soccer, football, college basketball, tournaments, etc. Um, so my website or at Twitter, and you know, I've always got something popping up there, as Chet and Bill both know. Absolutely. And don't forget, splits bar and grill. Yeah, I'll, I'll be back there someday, I'm sure. So <laughs> we're going to do that—a splits Kaminsky's doubleheader, you and me. I'm I'm ready now. <laughs> all right, all thanks, right, Boop. Boop. Thanks a lot. Uh, have a Thanksgiving to you and uh, your family, and. We'll see you next week. All right. See you, Boop. Okay. I think Boop froze. There Boop you go. Froze. Hey, cold. Chad, uh, great guest tonight at Tom McGinnis and Boop, Bob Trone Jr. Who's coming to Philly Press Box Radio next week? And it won't be me because I will be on vacation next week. That's right. Yes, Bill. We're going to close out November. It will be Wednesday, November 30th, our next show, with a couple of terrific guests joining us. And, yeah, you may be on some great vacation somewhere, Bill, but you're missing out because on the show next week, first of all, will be this guy, one of our old favorites, upbeat, energetic, positive guys that we know. He is part of the WIP Midday Show which will actually be taking over the morning slot on 94 WIP after the football season concludes. It is our pal James Seltzer. James is always a blast. I love that dude. Plus, There will be energy. There will oh be energy. Goodness. Plus, we have a first-time visitor to the show, Bill. And, boy, you're going to be sorry you're missing this one, too, because it is a guy named Jordan Spector. You may have seen his stuff on the internet. He advertises on Facebook and elsewhere. He's going to show off some items that you, Bill, and a lot of our viewers would want to consider perhaps for gifts for the sports fan in your life. His name is Jordan Spector, and he is a super guy. And he's also obviously a great artist. There's this great Eagles piece that he did. Uh, that is a big seller for him. He's going to talk about it, tell you how you can get it. And maybe even offer discounts for the holiday shopper who will be who'll be watching us next week. It's going to be fun. I'll tell you that much. James Seltzer and Jordan Spector joining us. I love that picture, Bill. And I can tell you I already have that picture. Do you really? Yes, sir. <laughs> it doesn't yes, surprise sir. me. <laughs> I do have that. Uh, the Sixers one just came out. Yeah. Uh, the, and actually, yeah, when my... Uh, my boys were going to buy me the Eagles one for uh, for thanks. Nope, my birthday, but I already had it. <laughs> and shortly after that, the Sixers one came out. So I don't know if they're listening, but there's a possibility that that could show up under the tree. 
And my favorite part of this is on the right-hand side of the picture, you have Billy Cunningham, the coach, talking to Billy Cunningham, the player. Yes. I love that. Yes. Jordan yes. thought that was a cool uh, touch. I talked to him at the uh, Philly Sports Hall of Fame event. And, uh, yes. yeah, great stuff. Yep, great stuff. And, you know, he didn't do the Phillies one, but there's a Phillies one yeah. that's very similar. That he also uh, sells along with his other stuff, too. And uh, it, I have that one also, and it's it's great. Great items, great art. Uh, great Philly stuff, and he has a bunch of other stuff too. But those collages, uh, call them a collage, are are outstanding. Bill, I have a parting shot. But do you want to do your Raz Room uh, spiel? Okay, first? no random chat tonight. We're just going parting shot. We're going to do parting shot after Raz Room. All right, let's give a quick shout out to our friends at the PPCC One Eighteen Raz Room. They post great sports memorabilia on their Facebook page, so people can take a chance of winning something they may not be able to afford or have access to. All items come with certificates of authenticity. They continue to run out great autograph memorabilia from all the Philly teams and more. Check out their Facebook page. Like it or follow it. It's PPCC118 Raz Room. That's right, PPCC118 Raz Room on Facebook. All right, yeah. Mr. Jesco, parting shot for you. Oh, real quickly, before I do the parting shot, don't forget about uh, what Philly Press, or not Philly Press Box, Philly Sports Trips has coming up. They have the spring training trip next year for uh, the Phils down in Clearwater. And they have that ultimate bus trip to Brooklyn to go see Ben Simmons up there, February 11th. Check the website for all the details, phillysportstrips.com. You just may find me on that trip. Parting shot, Bill, it is Thanksgiving week. And as I've done in most of our past Thanksgiving week shows, I just wanted to take a moment to throw a few thank yous out there. A huge thank you to our sponsors, of course, including PPCC 118 Raz Room, Philly Sports Trips, who I just mentioned, Bob Sullivan's LikeYourAge.com, Dave Lavoie at Allstate Insurance, and yes, the Irish Rover Station House. And of course, to all our amazing guests, you know, We've done shows every single week this year with frequent guests like Ray Dinger, Mark Eckel, Mike Sielski, Brandon Lee Galton, Kevin Riley, Chris Wheeler, D. Lynham, as well as we've had 15 first-time visitors this year, including some pretty big names like Brian Westbrook, Troy Vincent, Kevin Stocker, Kate Scott, Zach Berman, and the Mac man, Jody McDonald. Thanks to Big Al and Joey Sheeran at the Edge of Philly Sports Network for all of their help, especially with our two live on remote shows, the one at the link and uh, the other one at the Irish Rover. Thanks also to Boop, Bob Vatrone Jr., for his contributions to the show. And most importantly, a huge thank you to all of our viewers and listeners. We continue to grow our subscriber base, and it is thanks to everyone who helps us with uh, reposts and comments and shares and you know even good old-fashioned word of mouth. So, again, thank you for that. We're going to keep it going uh, into you know the holiday season and into next year. So uh, stick with us at Philly Press Box Radio. And, of course, happy Thanksgiving. Couldn't have said it any better, my friend. There you go. Wrap couldn't it up, do, Bill. Couldn't do it without the folks that are here with us every night. All right. Let's wrap it up. Let's thank tonight's special guests, Tom McGinnis and Bob Vitron Jr., our sponsors, the Irish Rover Station House, Bob Sullivan's LikeYourAge.com. PPCC 118 Raz Room and Dave LaVoy of Allstate Insurance in Westchester, PA. For Jim Chechesco, this is Bill Furman. We hope you enjoyed the show. We'll join Philly Press Box Radio next Wednesday, November 30th, 7 p.m. You can see us live on Facebook or listen to our website, phillypressboxradio.com, on blogtalkradio.com slash phillypressboxradio, 
on Google Podcasts as well as Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and all the others. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. High hopes, Philadelphia sports fans, and go Birds. Happy trails to you, till we meet again.